Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. This is Dmitry Samarov from Chicago, Illinois, and I love listening to Vishkana's creative control because whether he's talking to a favorite musician or actor of mine or someone I've never heard of, it's as if he's introducing me to a new friend, and the way things are going, couldn't you use a new friend? Listen now. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. Jessica Moss is a gifted and adventurous multi-instrumentalist, composer, and singer based in Montreal, Quebec. A member of active and inactive ensembles like Black Ox Orchestra and the Silver Mount Zion, who is also called upon to play violin with an impressive host of collaborators, Moss is a sonic explorer who pushes music that is conventionally viewed as classical, jazz, and improvisational into her own idiosyncratic Outer Zones. On October 7th, 2022, Constellation Records releases Galaxy Heart, another astonishing solo album by Moss, and Jessica and I convened recently for a talk about the state of Montreal and Quebec politics, the intertwined nature of Galaxy Heart and her previous album, Phosphines, Persistence and Privilege, in praise of Jim White 
Terry Amar and Mary Margaret O'Hara, her previous collaborations with Jim Cohen and Guy Picciotto, working so much you can't even watch TV, closing one chapter and starting another, future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and very friendly staff who will happily help you find what it is you're looking for. Say you want to order the new Jessica Moss album, Galaxy Heart. Well, you just go over there to blackbird.ca and see if you can't order a copy for yourself. It's just that easy. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, This is episode 723 of Creative Control, featuring the brilliant and lovely Jessica Moss with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Jess. How's it going? I'm really glad to be talking to you, Vish. How are you? I'm well. Thank you very much. First of all, where in the world are you today? In the world, I am in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, in my little studio, my corner of a larger um, collective art studio loft. And uh, it's in the Atlas Building in Montreal, for those of you who know Montreal. It's one of the last buildings standing where the landlord's for some reason or another, thank goodness, want to continue to have artists in their lofts, not rich condo people. So I feel really lucky to be part of this thing, actually. Well, good for you, and congratulations on that. That is something that Montreal has been known for over the last 20, 25 years, really, is that uh, there? it is kind of, in terms of real estate and all that stuff, uh, still a haven for artists. It sounds to me like you're saying that's not as prominent or as good as it once was it's a it's a dwindling resource and uh interestingly um i think montreal was a bit shielded from the fast pace of gentrification everywhere else cool in the world because Mm -hmm. of the language so the french element of the city kind of kept this at a much slower pace because unless you are doing all of your work remotely or around the world you have to actually be bilingual and work in be able to work in French here so I think it has kept the pace down except that we currently have a disgusting racist horrific conservative government called the CAC fittingly CAC actually C-A-Q and uh, they've made it extremely hard for most immigrants to live here, except that they have opened the doors very wide to people moving here from France, which apparently there are droves of people coming here for the cheap real estate. So for the first time, we're sort of at this strange moment of quicker, much quicker gentrification. And there's a very specific reason. Uh, Uh, Wow. I did not know. I I did not know that. On the one hand, I appreciate that people from France would want to split 
and come to exactly. Quebec. But yeah. yeah, that's a hard situation. I also live, I don't know if you know this, but we moved to Edmonton, my family and I. I heard. You heard How's about that? this. Yeah. Uh, well, Edmonton is a little safe haven on some level of uh, democracy. <laughs> but the <laughs> province is run also by a very conservative government and the outlying regions are quite conservative. So I'm yeah. trying to uh, see the, I went for a walk before our chat today just to clear my head and just embrace the nature if you will and then those parts are it's okay i don't know i'm still struggling with uh living through a pandemic and places that aren't taking it that seriously and all that kind of thing and uh the level of selfishness is up i feel like and so you're speaking on some level to the same things and i also you know i talk to art remarkably i still talk to artists a few times a week and it's some sometimes i if i think on it as i'm editing an interview and my mind starts to wander. I'm like, I can't believe everyone's still able to do this. I can't believe I I'm also, able to do this. I feel that way every minute of every day. And I also, at the counter feeling of every minute of every day is like, can, can I actually? Can yeah. we actually? Or actually, are we starting to see the crumbling effects of how fucking hard this is? And yeah. it's been a really weird year for touring people because I'm sure you've heard from other artists in the same situation but just in terms of booking in terms of like especially if you're a veteran as I guess I am there's sort of a not a standard but I guess at some point you come to sort of count on certain places that will accept you and maybe I got a bit I don't think lazy is the right word because I don't think that that's how I feel but I, I guess I sort of with the flow especially as on solo doing my solo thing that uh this is the first time that i'm talking to bookers and they're like let's talk about september 2023 maybe yeah because of course there are much fewer clubs which makes sense that were able to survive and there's this whole horde of people who have been waiting in the wings myself included and it's fucking hard right now actually for most people I appreciate that. And on the one hand, that's beyond my general interest in uh, talking to folks like you and listening to records and reading books and all those sorts of things. I hope this little thing that we do and other whatever media people are left are doing is still helping. It's very confusing. And I, if I think too much on it, I get uh, existential dread. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Although I also think it's important to think too much in a weird way not too much but it's important to to accept the reality of it and accept i guess i've i've been operating with a sort of plan b waiting in the wings thinking like at any moment this could stop working and this is the first time that i'm really feeling it getting close and i have just accept it the gridlock you describe i've heard from a few artists like it's hard to just get into the show and i think uh there was a, a surprise by artists coming out when, when things started to loosen up and shows started to happen, like you say, the places you expected to go play again aren't there anymore. You yourself mm-hmm. are talking about the space you're in, and you just happen to have a benevolent landlord. It's, yeah, exactly It, right. it could go the other way. Anyway, I appreciate that, and uh, as much as we've been uh, sad so far, I, uh, I think uh, we must, uh, uh, there's hope, I hope. Let me also interrupt and say, I don't feel sad. I feel like, ridiculously lucky yes 
all the time, all the time, all the time. So if I'm saying it might be crumbling, that's not me saying it shouldn't crumble. I deserve to keep going. It's more like I can't believe I actually managed to make it this far. And I have to accept that uh, maybe if it has become too difficult, then maybe it's time to move around and who knows. But it, it's definitely not a sad feeling. It's more like um, practicing acceptance and gratitude, which sounds so cheesy, but actually is how I live. So. No, and I think the gratitude and the the good fortune that you're talking about is there. But one thing I think about when I think of artists of of your ilk, if you will, is the from the get-go, I think you have been imbued with a spirit of persistence. Like that's, I feel like that's always yeah. had to be there anyway. And then something like this happens, it's catastrophic. In a sense, I don't know if you feel this because you, and I'm, I don't know if you can be objective about it. I have this romanticized ideal <laughs> that artists like you who are used to, uh, so many obstacles in the way of having a livelihood like this are maybe better wired on some small level, at least to be like, yep, this is what we told you it was going to be kind of, it's kind of always been like this, but we just keep yeah. persisting because we believe in it and we think it's important. Sorry, is any of that resonating with you? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I just also feel like though, uh, I also, uh, in terms of gratitude and this kind of thing, I also at the same time in this type of conversation have to acknowledge in a very serious way that persistence is one part of it, but privilege and luck is also a huge part of it. So I can't say that I'm still here because I'm persistent only. I'm here because I have been buoyed up and I've been allowed. And for example, as a Canadian musician, I got CRB for a year. Yeah. That's crazy. That's not persistence. That's just fucking luck of geography. And I, you know, I, I can't argue that somebody else who might have given up long ago is less persistent. No, absolutely. They just might have had yeah. less opportunity, you know. But of course, of course, there's persistent. And of course, like at, at my, I think about, you were saying artists of my ilk, but I actually feel as I get older in this business, less and less like I have any peers in a weird way, because I'm a mom. And I'm like a older lady doing this, what I do. And uh, I feel like it's a it's a pretty rare air and I rarely meet people who I feel like also somehow manage to keep doing it. So sometimes I feel a bit lonely in it. Yeah. But I also feel sure I feel the persistence, proud of the persistence part and when I'm still hauling amps into small clubs and playing for small guarantees, which I can do because I am literally on my own. So I my expenses are low, it's just yeah. me. I feel like I'm a bit a bit of a odd odd one out at this point. Right. And again, I appreciate that it's not just any one thing, but I do think that, uh, let's call it uh, lonerism, that notion of, <laughs> yeah. of, of like, I'm on my own. I've got to do this myself. Uh, I think that yeah. also feeds into that persistence. But again, I think uh, what you're saying is absolutely important to hear. It's not just any one factor. And we are... It's really not. Yeah. And I really could never... Uh, I don't think blame is the right word, but I, I would never fault anybody for having given up long ago. If without the, like I'm saying buoyed up, I'm using my hands like I, ha I had a lot behind me when I began. 
yeah. um, already. Yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, in, in large part, the, the flagship of Godspeed built a spot that wouldn't have existed probably yes. with the weird music that I play, for example, you know, like I've had, I've had a lot of, of luck in terms of that. I've also worked nonstop and extremely hard for a million years. Yeah. So yeah. put those two things together and I get, to, I get to be here still somehow for who knows how much longer, but somehow. I, I hope for a lot longer because uh, I had your latest album, uh, Galaxy Heart, playing in the kitchen today and my wife walked in from her uh, Saturday morning soccer game and was yeah. like, what? She was like, what is this again? I'm like, it's the new Jess record. And she's like, oh, this is really great. Like it, it fills the house. It's interesting because my kids, I when I when you press play on this thing and that distorted violin, I believe, I'm just guessing, yeah. comes through. They're like, yeah. my son yesterday was like, what? Papa, what's, what's happening? What's going on over there? And I was like, it's the new. And I just say what it is. And then yeah. they say, oh, okay. And then they move on with their time. They're used to hearing lots of different sounds and music. All this to say... Yeah. I I love that. Yeah, no, it's been lovely. It's a lovely, lovely and beautiful record. And it's not the only one we're going to talk about today because it complements a previous release. And I want to get into all of that as specifically as we can. Real quick, though. Let's get into it. Well, I do. But real quick, though, based on what we were just talking about and what we've all been going through and you yourself working in isolation, again, another uh, potential uh, arrow in your arsenal is that you have been working in isolation on your own for so long. I get the impression, having followed your work for as long as I have, mm-hmm. something about this period has inspired you to take a few more chances or do things you don't normally do. Is this accurate? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And do, do yes. you have a sense of if it's that, well, uh, I have the time to sing and I have the t- and work on that. I have time to play guitar and I have time to work on that. Or, I mean, it might be both things. Or is it, what the fuck? Nothing. I'm just, who cares? I'm just going to try things. And if it feels good, I'm going to do it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to do stuff. And also like, why not? You know, like, I'm just going to, I've got this time on my hands. I might as well try to, you know, get more acquainted with different sounds and instruments Sorry, have I answered your question for you? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no. um, well, let's see. Let me go backwards. I think in some ways it was not a conscious decision. Like, I have this time. I will try these things. It was more like, I literally don't know if I'll ever play a show again. Like, I don't know if I'll ever put out a record again. I don't know if this is the end of... None of us knew, you know. And... Also, the my my actual home situation during the very very long lockdown that Montreal experienced, as well as the curfew, I had um, some pretty intense things were happening around me just in a home place. Mm. So it definitely, I mean, music is a bomb for me in in a way that, like, it's a it's a bit like. I'm going to use the word crazy, which I feel like is not a cool word to use in some ways, but I'll just apply it to myself, if that's okay. I have to, uh, I feel um, obligated when my son, or my son mostly will say it, and I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to say that anymore, and uh, then he'll ex- they'll no. explain to me what they're talking about, I'm like, actually, that is a little crazy, uh, so I have, to, <laughs> I have to be a little mindful of all the vernacular myself, but yes, I appreciate yeah. you acknowledging that it's not... Sorry, yeah, I also work at a I, my like day I, job is in a place where people speak publicly and I have to manage them and I say, 
Yeah, don't say that. We're not supposed to say that. And they go, there was a need, yeah. there was a training. Remember the training where they said, ah, don't use that word? Anyway, it's an interesting yeah. time. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It, no, 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 it, please. I love, I love to be cut <laughs> off, except sometimes I have to be reminded of what I'm actually saying because I might go in the wrong direction yes. after. But, uh, I will apply it to myself because of, I'm, I'm more talking about the feeling of my own actual brain being like, like so. Okay, let me tr- let me go backwards. Yes, the isolation. You're right. The way that I've made solo music has been extraordinarily isolating from the get go, and uh, a lot of that is because I think I have the only way that I know how to express in music um, doesn't actually have like a language that I am very able to express to anybody else um, when I'm being a collaborator i will bring my instrument to any challenge and i do it all with my ears like i am not a person who can follow musical direction when it comes to actually like play this note play this chord i i never do know those things i think we've discussed this before but i actually genuinely what my brain stopped at being able to learn that i i tried for a long time so i I don't know how to express what I'm aiming for except by actually doing it. And so that's created a world in which when I make music, I I'm really, really do it really by myself. And in fact, I guess this is my fifth solo record, but or fourth and fifth, Phosphine's Galaxy Heart, which I made at the same yeah. time. To me, they're, they're just, they're one, they're a double LP in my mind. They just are coming out of your part. But it's the first time, actually, that anybody else has even touched it or played a note on it because I've been too shy to try and ask or figure out how to communicate what I want because it's all just through a very odd process that I guess I've invented. So all that to say is that, yes, the 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 music from the get-go has been a process of extreme isolation. And so when the world all of a sudden matched my method... <laughs> as well as having the constraints taken away. I didn't know if these were going to be records when I started working on this music. I just knew that maybe for the first time ever, there wasn't any time pressure or understanding of, like, I am allowed only to create 47 minutes to fit on two sides of an LP, or, you know, like, what had gone into creating previously, where all everything was gone. And because of what was happening at home, when I wasn't actively engaged in parenting, which, you know, was a lot of the time, since there was no school and everything, mm. I just would escape. It was really, it was like escapist in this way that I, I, it was like glorious. And also I went so deep into it that um, I went deeper than I've ever gone. And I didn't even know there was such a thing as deeper than I'd ever gone because I already go so fucking deep. Yeah into my brain when I'm doing this kind of thing. And I just decided that this was, if there was ever a moment for me to let go of some things that I had been holding on to in terms of what am I, quote unquote, allowed to do. I didn't feel allowed to play guitar in a weird way because I don't play guitar, really. I love playing guitar, but I don't play guitar. I, I know a few chords and otherwise it's like everything else. I'm just doing it how I hear it. And uh, I never felt confident enough to let that into a record, for example, or I never felt, I never wrote a capital S song before where I think 
there's a, such a thing as like a chorus and a verse. And I don't really know how to do that. I have so much respect for people who do that. And I actually spent a lot of time listening to songs, thinking, ah, maybe I could write a song. <laughs> maybe I could do that. <laughs> and I have all these things f like swirling around in my two full brain and some of those maybe could be lyrics and maybe I don't have to I don't think insecure is the right word but I, I guess I had been sort of holding on to what I felt I could do and maybe I learned some new things that I, I was allowed to do if nobody was going to ever hear this and then yeah, I yeah. appreciate that you're not the only and first person I've spoken to who customarily does things Either they do, I've talked to a few different people and some people nor are used to working in a band or a group dynamic and some people are used to doing things uh, themselves. Uh, in the, in the former case, what I've heard a fair amount is couldn't get the band to come in and sing or play. So I just did everything. And so the vocal <laughs> parts I wrote for them, I had to record multi-layered vocal parts. The other example is fresh in my mind because um, Marisa Anderson, who I, I think you know uh, well, uh, was on the show to talk about her latest record, Still Here. Marisa plays everything on the record, but in the course of our conversation, she described it as a trio record. And what that meant was she was overlaying, like she's used to sort of um, overdubbing her own stuff on top of, sorry, when I say on top of, I should I should clarify that. She will add textures to her guitar-oriented music, but often they were kind of buried. Um, so that yeah. you just sort of heard other instrumentation kind of complementing a primary guitar part. What I found interesting about her new record is she was doing the other things herself, but she raised them in the mix. So she was playing piano, and they came up in the mix. All this to say is I keep encountering the situation during this pandemic where people make records... And they're trying to simulate community on the record. They're trying to mm -hmm. simulate collaboration more and more on the record. And they're trying new things. In Marisa's case, it was a piano, which it was very fascinating the way she talked about it, because that was from her childhood. And the reason she used to keep piano mm -hmm. buried in the mix was something about her childhood. And she's finally over it and raised it. In your case, Beautiful. in your case, I'm coming to the same conclusion. You said earlier, and I wanted to follow up on it, this is the first time other people have touched your music. Um, you Ooh. have collaborators here. They're long distance, mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. You are trying, and then you're adding your voice to it. You're communicating with your voice in a way you never have before. Mm -hmm. All I'm getting at mm -hmm. here, sorry, Jess, I'm doing my armchair. I love it. No, podcast no, no, I love it. psychology, I love it. but it's so interesting to me. No, I actually, I so super. Well, interesting. I find it fascinating that in this, in the wake of this horrible thing that has affected everyone's ability to connect and their mental health and all these things, the artists I look to uh, of, uh, a lot are are trying to create a sense of a gang, and they're trying mm -hmm. to create modes in which they can communicate their craft differently. In your case, yeah, I'm thinking of a song like Enduring Oceans or whatever, where you're singing. You're full on, like, it's not like a, there are instances where your voice is used as a texture, but you're actually singing. That to me is like, hey, hello, like, I exist. <laughs> we exist, like, agency. Like, I'm, I, this isn't just, there's a void and I'm here. Anyway, I gather from your intermittent comments, this resonates with you. Do you feel like there's some, aspect of what I'm saying going on in your work right now? 
Well, in a, in an odd way, and I guess it goes back a bit to, to the condition, the external conditions actually matched my, my internal conditions for the first time. And I guess on all the records, I, I've, I've always conjured many internal me's to yes. make these records. So there's multiple yes. voices, which, uh, and, and after I play all those things, I then spend a huge amount of time with all those things, moving them around. Like, I think of it most like a collageist, you know, like cut something from here, put it here, and all of a sudden you have a brand new meaning or you have a brand new thing. And the experimentation of moving things and bringing something that I played three years ago into something that I just recorded two minutes ago and realizing they speak to each other is like this joy. And for me, it's like a, creating a communion has always been, in a way, part of what I do. Um, and in terms of actually using my actual voice, I think it's, it was, it's less about like trying to create a sense of communion as it is of just letting myself, yeah, letting myself yeah. and, and not feeling pressure and not feeling like I, I had these standards that I, I built. I didn't even know they were there really. I had like rules in place for myself that I sort of, didn't know that I had rules like this. So I, I confronted them. And part of them was thinking that I don't have a very good singing voice. So, you know, also that the words I I came to say are just a few of the hundreds and hundreds of words. That, like many, actually, quite a few of the songs on Galaxy Heart began as vocal tunes that ended up... I decided to scrap the vocals because actually it was the music in the end that I was trying to get to. But for the first time also because of the physical constraints of being stuck at home. I didn't have my pedals and my amps and my usual setup of experimentation, so sometimes I would just have my phone and voice memos and I would think of a melody and I would, mm. I would like sing it to myself and then I'd go back to it once I was able to get into the jam space and it started life as a vocal sound and for the first time I just decided I'm going to let it continue to be that, actually. I don't have to do what I do. I could just do what I'm doing. I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, it sounds to me then I appreciate you somewhat countering what I'm getting at by suggesting it's more of an interest. However, I'm going to interrupt you because the second part is after the intensive, intensive, and I'll use this word, like I made myself crazy making these things. And um, I, I desperately wanted to connect with others after, desperately. And so in a way bringing people in was also a product of me having let go of those rules. I'm brave enough to ask somebody to try and play this stuff that I don't know how to explain. Right. I have to say, could you listen to this and learn it? Cause I, there's not going to be any instruction that I know how to give. I could tell you that to me, this part sounds like a French horn and this part sounds like a timpani, but in real life, it's just me making sounds however I actually know how to make them. Or right. This is a, you know, and I thank goodness that Terry and I have been playing together for 10 million years and have a language and he's a brilliant bass player and his bass playing is something that makes me feel grounded immediately. No matter what's going on with us personally, no matter what's going on with us in terms of band, the band that we were in for a million years together, I knew that if I could have the sound of Terry on there, that it would like elevate this experience in such a major way. And then Jim, who I've worked with many times over the years and who I adore as a person, I still, even though he's a friend and I adore his playing and we've played together, this is the first time where I felt brave enough to say, 
whatever, we're all stuck at home. Hey, Jim, like, would you be into it, you know? And he was so generously into it. And then after the fact, having Terry's playing, having Jim's playing, and then doing my thing where I do this collage, I, I listen to it now and I feel like there's a world in which we were in the same room. So I do feel like there's a communion, even though I kind of invented it. But I feel it's there. Yeah. And it definitely, that, like, the extraordinary isolation definitely compelled me to move more towards community than I ever want, had been brave enough to. If it weren't for the context, I wouldn't even have guessed you weren't all in the same room. Like, I spent a really, really, really long time, like months, actually, uh, organizing that piece of music until I really felt like that's what happened in some alternate universe. Yeah. It didn't, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to bear putting it on a record if it felt like this is three people who were distanced by and didn't actually commune. I would have heard it, you know? So um, it's nice to think that it sounds that way because it feels that way, even though. Did the things that Terry and Jim uh, send back to you alter your own parts? Like, I assume you sent them skeletons. Well, actually... Terry and I were in the studio together a few times, all masked, but once we were allowed to leave our houses, and as long as we were home by 8 p.m., so we didn't get fucking arrested by this, anyway, another story. I keep hearing um, this from people who have been in Montreal, that it was very strict, oh my God. extremely strict, and, uh, but yeah, like, if I think of the song Uncanny Being Violin Study Number 2, I feel like you and Terry mm. are engaging in, like, call and response, which seems to be something you would do in a room together more than... I mean, you could. I'm just one, wondering. One would. Yeah. One would normally do that yeah. were there a room to be in. For Uncanny Being, the the violin parts, it's actually crazy how that song came to be. Um, <laughs> it First, I it was like a very long improvisational recording I did by myself. And then I spent, as I do, like hundreds of hours finding finding the through line of where the music was so it went from being like 45 minutes to being seven let's say and then terry was with me in the studio to do some parts that i was clear on which of some of the other songs and then i just like could you try some stuff on this crazy thing i made mm -hmm. and he tried some stuff on this crazy thing i made and then i spent another bunch of weeks putting them into where it's like, okay, Terry and I did play this together in my fantasy land. And then I sent that to Jim. I see. So, and then he sent a bunch of drums back and then I did the similar process. So I, I, I was a bit wizard of Ozzy in a weird way. Well, Jim makes some very interesting choices. I just like what he came up with and he Does always he not make, it's incredible. It was like <laughs> so glorious and so exciting for me. Like really, like I couldn't even believe how exciting it was to, to have this to work with. Well, as we're speaking, it's not out yet, but Jim plays on the new Bill Callahan record reality. And that also, you know, I follow Bill's work and I've had this record for some time and I just, Jim, is such a remarkable gift to every musician. Like just his way of playing yeah. is is really startling to me, and I yeah. I just love him so much. So it's I, and I, he is I don't know. I mean, in our in our milieu, he's one of the well, that can't be true. I was going to say he's one of the few people who I know it's him right away. Um, like I can, he, I think that's fair to say. I, I'm sure there are others, and I don't mean to neglect anyone. And there are, I know there are, but Jim in particular. Yes. I know it's Jim, and uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, and I, I just appreciate that this uh, 
collaborative spirit that you've been you've been working together at least 10 years maybe longer i don't remember no 15 i don't know what it's been yeah so something like that 15 16 yeah. whenever the yeah. I, I guess i think it must have began know. with the vic chestnut stuff i'm thinking right uh was that the first time it might have been even before that jem cohen um co- uh co- collected musicians oh is that oh yeah sorry Je- jim wouldn't have did Jim play with? No, he didn't even play with the Vic Chestnut band, did he? Jim wasn't on the Vic band. He was. No. Uh, we first played together at, with a Jim Cohen. Um, the film project. Film project, yeah, exactly. I saw it twice uh, in Toronto. I, oh. I went to both nights and I you loved did? it. And yeah, yeah. With it was Mary incredible. Margaret O'Hara? Yes, and the second night she was out of hand. And first night I was like, this is good. This is really cool. I love it. But Mary, something happened. Do you remember what I'm talking about the second night? Does that stick out for you? It does. I actually, yeah. uh, I have, I recorded something she sang, um, j- live there, exactly there at that show. Uh, yes. cause part of what I was doing was, I, I think I had my violin to catch some of her singing. Yeah. And I had, it, and I saved it on my loop pedal forever because it was so haunting and so incredible and just amazing. And she's, she's uh, wonderful. I, um, I don't know what it is about me, but she associates me with Adam Schiff, the American political figure, Adam Schiff. And whenever he's off, he's Wait, very... Anti- is that somebody on Law and Order? No, no. He, but if he's on TV, <laughs> she'll text me and she'll say like, Hey, sweet sweetness, Adam's on TV. Oh, Just thinking of you. I'm like, why? I get. I think I'm more Alan Alda. I don't know why people think Adam Schiff. Anyway, <laughs> I just and she's wonderful, and I, I she's I, such an incredible wacko. Yeah, I I love, I love her so I much. I saw her briefly at yeah. the uh, memorial service for Dallas Good in Toronto, and it was just oh nice God. to really uh, speak with her uh, in, in that context. Oh, even um, yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. I uh, appreciate what you're saying about this collaborative uh, endeavor and how you made it work, and I'm so uh, happy with the. I'm happy for you, I should I should say. Let's get into the distinction between the two records. Uh as I say, as we're speaking, okay. uh Galaxy Heart is about to come up. But again, it's a companion piece is the way you're framing it to uh, an earlier record. Is that correct? Well, the truth, here's the truth. Uh all the pieces on both records were I made them uh simultaneously and many more actually. Like that's was when I was saying I the constraints were gone and I drove myself crazy is that's what happens when I don't have constraints. I, I made all that music plus many more um, tunes that I like I worked obsessively on. I think obsessive is maybe a better word than crazy. Let's use that one for me. Um, and, <laughs> Something about the, the and mind I, and the compulsion. Yes, I think obsessive is... Compulsively is also yeah. very good. Comp- I compulsively worked on all of the music and there came a time where uh, it became clear that Constellation was going to put some Jessica Moss record out and I was like desperately looking for anyone who could help me figure out which of these many, many songs that I'm now like in love with. I described them at the time uh, through the isolation of pandemic, they had become like very close friends to me. Yeah. So all of them, I had spent so much time with all of them that it was, I had lost perspective 100%. And uh, so I narrowed it down and to an amount of two records. <laughs> and I spent, you could ask Radwan, he watched me in the studio. I, I could not 
for the fucking life of me understand how to make a record out of this two. I couldn't understand how to make two records out of this probably three. And what I ended up doing is I wrote the names of the songs uh, on little pieces of paper and the times. And I had like hundreds of little slips of paper being like, okay, well, if this goes here, then that, and I was just trying to get anyone to listen to all of it and be like, should I put all the ones that to me sound like classical music on one thing and all the ones that, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't know. So ultimately I was like, okay, it's a double record. Basically this is, and I presented a constellation. This is my double record. And all the tunes from both records were, Mm -hmm. and uh, constellation was like, Jeff, uh, for so many reasons, double records, but especially financially, actually, yes. double records are not possible yeah. because simply for the practical reason of shipping costs, a double record is not something that people will be able to access. So Ian actually helped me. He, he made some suggestions about what could be a record A and what could be a record B. And by that time, I was so grateful for the intervention because I really was like, like if you could have like an emoji of me, it would be like the swirly eyed guy. <laughs> and, um, I, I appreciate that. So Ian hurts Ian heard a way of distinguishing them uh from one another, uh phosphines and this new record. You're the mother here. These are your children, these are your friends as you called them. Indeed. But it's exactly how I feel. Yeah. But in the sequencing of the two what do you distinguish them from one another? Even given the con I understand the context, but can you objectively describe that? How do they work together? I mean, well, I mean, to me, they everything works together because they are all friends with each other. But uh, in in the in the separation, I do understand that on Galaxy Heart are the more of the experimentation I was doing is more featured, and yes. I guess that phosphines is more like um, the path that I had already started making for myself phosphines would fit into that path and then galaxy heart ended up being the ones where like what we were talking about before yeah i was like maybe i am brave enough to let guitar stay on a record as opposed to play it and then erase it or uh and similarly with the voice and everything so in the end i hear that they are quite distinct and i love i love that but it it had to be i had to get used to it because it was hard at the beginning when Phosphines was coming out, I was like, but what about everybody else? <laughs> I don't know. Does it make sense without? But of course, it's that's just for me. What actually ended up happening makes sense for everybody else. I appreciate you saying this because I didn't want to misspeak because uh, I'm calling upon my memory here. But what you describe is exactly what I'm hearing. This new Galaxy Heart does seem to capture what could be a new approach going forward working with others, incorporating you playing different instruments. Phosphine seems like, I hesitate to say, a closing of a chapter. That's too dramatic. But it does seem to suggest like, yes, this is the trajectory I've been on and I'm heading somewhere and it's a hint that you're heading somewhere different. And then we get Galaxy Heart. You know, it's like a... Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Narrative-wise... yeah. Sorry, I, yeah. I don't want to interrupt you at all. I no, love, no, you I should. Love I it. talk so much. So do I. I talk so much. <laughs> no, but it's so but interesting to me because yeah. part of part of my situation is that I, I really, like, I'm so alone with it so often that it actually, to even a- get asked questions or to hear your interpretation, it's like a real gift because um, 
most of the time I'm just having these conversations in my head and I, it is really easy for me to lose perspective. Like I didn't know even if it was good music. Um, I, I, at a certain point, I just knew that I was like, it was my compulsion that was surrounding yes. me. And I, the, like I was spending all my time on these songs and pieces of music and, um, yeah, but I really can lose perspective. So there's a narrative that you're describing that the, the records say, but it's less, it's, I mean, in a way I'm, I'm also following that narrative because it wasn't conscious decision that I'm closing a chapter and here's some, here's a new direction. It's more like, Oh, look, here are also things I can do. So now I think all the chapters are open and, and I don't feel like anything's closed. Um, except that maybe I could, I can never make myself so crazy making music again because actually, <laughs> actually it's funny, except that it's not. It's also really hard to know that that is how I work. And it does mean that other things around me really suffer when I, when I work like that. Like I have to compartmentalize. Um, and actually part of what I learned during the pandemic of having the, having Ezra and my niece and my sister and I kind of like in really close quarters is that, I, like a kid, have a really hard time with transitions. So if I'm working on a Pro Tools session right up until the moment that I have Ezra come to me, I, I'm a bad parent because my brain is still there. And I yeah. am a really hard, it's really hard for me to, so I had to start some rules where I actually can't be working for, I need 45 minutes to like bring myself back into being a human being because I get so out there, you know? Anyway. I think what I'm trying to say is uh, I don't feel like anything's closed, but I am curious to see where I will be able to take these things. I love the idea of playing with other people. It's not though like I've all of a sudden ex gained a language where I still feel confident to say, here's my song, play it necessarily. But I would really love to involve other people on stage with me. So I think that's a goal right now. I do think that in this, uh, let's call it an experiment for you. Um, one thing I'm hearing is that, uh, I think we think of you, uh, as a free player, as someone who's not encumbered by parameters. But what I, what I'm hearing is that you had to kind of break through of your own self imposed, uh, understanding of what it is you do. And so when I say this is a new chapter, I think you took risks for yourself that surprised you. And also fulfilled you. So when I say that there's some new coming, uh, mm -hmm. aesthetically or what have you, it's, uh, I think it's as much a psychological thing as anything else. Like, oh, wait a minute. I can, there's been a, a, a clarinet sitting collecting dust forever. What if I just spend some months trying to figure this out and put it through something and maybe it'll make sense? I feel yes. like you probably have opened yourself up to that level of anything's possible for me now. I do right now. I definitely feel that way, and I my my main challenge right now is to figure out how to express these things live, because I, I I've always had a hard time playing three quarters of the things on my records because they're built by you know as if I was fifteen people, and I have a really I am quite strict about what I'll do on stage or I have been anyway about um, in terms of using pre recorded stuff in terms of like introducing elements that I'm not currently making and playing. And maybe this is why there's a new chapter. I've in a way backed myself into a corner of actually I need other people to express yeah. some of this stuff, which is really cool. And I look forward to figuring out how to do that. Anyway, there are some, there's a, some drum machine stuff. Like every once in a while I'm listening to this record. I'm like, 
oh, this reminds me of like suicide or something. Like there's like that, cool. you know, like kind of weird <laughs> distorted drum machine. Am I making that up? I feel like that. No, I heard no. that. Yeah. Yeah. My sister owns this like old vintage, like it's the drum machine part of an organ, you yes, know? Yes. Like, like the bossa nova or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it has yeah. like a few settings and that's one of it is. You're absolutely right. It's one of the things I was like, fuck it. This is in my house. Like, what happens if I, if I'm allowed to like use a beat? What yeah. happens? Yeah. Uh, and not feeling like I'm going to put beats on this record. More like, what happens? And then I ran it through my pedals and I made this thing. And then I had these files of this thing. And then I was like, well, what happens if I just let myself play whatever the fuck on top of this thing I just made? Yeah. And not thinking like, will that work on a record? I don't know. It didn't matter. I just let it. And anyway, it is a drum machine. It's like an old, ancient drum machine. I just, it made it in there. It's made it in and stayed. Like, similarly to the guitar playing I did, it just, it, I let it stay in there. And and that's something you could, on your own, in, potentially incorporate into a live, uh, you know, keeping those expenses down, you could potentially <laughs> incorporate some uh, synthetic uh, percussion, I, I'm thinking. Yes, although, again, like, I, I am just... I am an incredibly exacting uh, when it comes to what I do live. So if yeah. I don't think that it's, if I'm not sure that it will make for an interesting few minutes, then I won't bring something in until I feel really, really sure. Like I think I, I care about an audience so too much maybe about this kind of thing. So yeah. actually what I was trying to, I forgot what I was about to say earlier is that I can't wait i can't fucking wait to have a clearing in my life where i actually can experiment with music again i haven't even yeah. i haven't been i've been so busy and i can't stop i haven't taken a day off and i don't even know how many years now that is a mistake i made during these lockdowns it's like i think some people got to experience the feeling with that crb check of like what happens if i just take some time off and chill but I didn't do that in like not even a day. You know? I feel bad. You <laughs> so, and I were texting about uh, TV shows uh, yesterday, yes. I think. And I feel badly because yeah. I was like, I've seen this and I've seen that. And you're like, yes, if I ever had time <laughs> to watch something, I would watch that too. And I was like, oh, no. But we were talking to make you feel bad. No, no, I didn't feel bad. I But I did watch like five episodes of Breaking Bad yesterday. Uh, again, Amazing. I keep watching it. And then you were saying you like Better Call Saul. And I hope you do find time to finish that series because it's unbelievable. All this is Say, I appreciate your work ethic and I appreciate all these things that you're trying to do and I do think you should take a break and watch some of the stuff I recommended over text yesterday now can't wait the one thing I want to I also can't but I also can't wait I think what I'm trying to say is I can't wait to uh, explore these avenues of like if we're saying there's a new chapter out there where where other people play with me or if I try all these things I I don't uh, I have been suffering from overwork i guess i just i very rarely have a chance to actually just play really 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 it's scary almost how much of my day is spent in the other business of putting out records and being a mom and like i actually my my actual love of playing music is so far feels right now um, so I'm trying to figure out how ways to change that the grueling aspect of the rec record release tour uh, cycle uh, has been discussed, but I don't think what you're, I think what you're getting at is becoming 
is coming more to the fore in that uh, right now people often are making and releasing the record, but they don't immediately get the added insight uh, from playing the record, the new songs live. That That is grueling in itself. Like that lifestyle is grueling in itself. But I do think uh, uh, traveling for eight, nine, 10 hours a day uh, and then getting to be on stage, I think most artists will say, this is the part that makes all this worth it. That release and that learning about my own songs thing every night, you're missing that is what I'm hearing. I'm missing that, but I, uh, but the thing, what I was trying to say before about being so exacting is that to feel comfortable being there. Um, I mean, of course, it's my favorite on tour is where absolutely the joy of being able to connect with an audience is something that I have thought so much about and spent so much time concentrating on. And uh, at a certain point, like in the crisis of conscious, I'm sure many musicians experience at some point is like, is this really a life? Like is being musician enough and good enough? And am I contributing enough by just doing this one thing? Um, and at a certain point I had to accept that if I am going to do this for real and if I'm going to, you know, take up space in this world by wanting to book shows and all of the carbon footprint it takes and all of the like tax on my body and everything and I'm going to ask people to listen, then what I, what I provide up there, I'm so obsessively careful about what that is. So actually what I'm lamenting right now is not having enough time to spend creating that set. So uh, I don't feel like I'm about to go on tour in 12 days and I've had a bunch of things happen this summer that took time that I didn't have away. And I have been a very long time since I have been able to spend hours making sure that what I'm about to bring to audiences is good enough. And that's the part I'm having the hardest time with right now. Well, I wish you all the luck with overcoming that, obviously. And uh, it sounds like even just talking about it uh, will help you process things. Um, speaking of processing things, I've alluded to Enduring Oceans. Ooh, nice segue. There you go. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty good at segues. It's my job. Or speaking I don't know if this is a, processing I, things. I don't know if mm-hmm. this is a job exactly, but whatever this is that I do, I've learned how to do some of it. Okay. You're amazing at it. Thank you very much, Jess. Now, the thing I was going to say is, I mentioned Enduring Oceans. Uh, Galaxy Heart, I believe, also uh, has a strong uh, vocal component. Can we, in an overarching sense, dial into w- lyrics? We've talked Ooh. about singing, we've talked about playing, and all those sorts of things. Um, can you, like I say, I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to ask you anything untoward. <laughs> but in an overarching <laughs> sense, do you have a sense of what these what these lyrics might, where they might have come from, what they might mean in this context? Very, very good question. Well, okay, let's see. Let's see if I can say something that actually makes sense. Uh, All all the records that I've made um, have had some words on them. Yeah. And I've I've let words in when they present themselves to me as necessary. So the first record was called Plastic Island, the one I put out myself that I recorded with Guy. And I think it simply has the words Plastic Island on there uh, because that's something I felt like I needed to say out loud. Uh, and the rest I was able to say with my instrument. And similarly, on the album, there's a, like half of the Entanglement album. No, half of the entire population. Anyway, there's a, there's a song called Entire Populations. And that's basically what I needed to say. I needed to say 
uh, some words and these two records because they they got built in this context uh, for the first time I guess can I make sense here I think I I a very make music in a visual way first of all so when I'm making music I'm seeing things and I'm like telling stories that have visuals to them in my mm -hmm. head. So I translate somehow. I figure out the music is makes sense when it's telling me that the visual, that the visions I'm having are there in the music when they meet each other. And when there's no way to do it, then I look to words or words will tell me this is, you need to say these things to accompany this. And then, then you get where you're going. And the, these two records, I guess, thematically were much more internal than the other ones yeah. because, I mean, internal, external. Like I, I wasn't singing about the world, the external world in the same way that I had been on previous records. It was more like an exploration of internal landscape. And that felt like a pretty solipsistic. Is that the right word to use? Uh, for me, yeah. because that's, that, it's like, it's not a dri it's not a driver so much, uh, but it was the reality of what was happening. Mm. So I felt also in the challenge to myself, can I write a song? It's like, can I actually use only words to, to say what I'm talking about and not put all the pressure on this music? And so the lyrics came from, a desire, I guess, to, if I'm exploring internal landscapes, then maybe it's a, a more generous thing to, to use the words then. Because if I'm, when the other, the themes of the other records are more external and worldly, then just with their song titles, and then what I, I as I always talk from the stage, I like to say what the songs are about, because I think that's fair. Or at least what I was thinking about when I was writing right. them. Yeah. Because I don't expect that it's it's like what everybody wants to to hear an instrumental show with no words in there and also not be told. You know, I I like to connect in that way. Yeah. Um. So if there isn't, if I'm not feeling able to bring like the outer world in here, then if I'm really if I'm really making this about an internal world, then maybe I need to be more external about it or something like that. It wasn't so conscious, but I think now in retrospect, that is why it was yeah. like, I just, I'm going to let this out of me in this, in like a literal way where normally I would be less literal about it or something. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that answer because I think it gives, uh, it still puts the onus on us as a listener to uh, spend time with what you're actually singing uh, as opposed to you explaining it all. So I appreciate I appreciate that on a few levels. Is there a lyric sheet? I haven't received it. I don't think I've received the physical copy of this new record yet. Is there a lyric sheet per se? No, there isn't. There could have been, but there isn't. But I, I'll make <laughs> them public. Um, but I, you know, Galaxy Heart, I think that, I guess that's, that's it, what I'm talking about. It was yeah. like a heart made up of so many, or uh, that all of our hearts, uh, full of all this room and space and different galaxies and everything. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. You say put the onus on the, on the listener. It's like, that sounds more commanding than I want to be. I don't think there's any onus. That no, I there's, only, no onus on anybody. I on only anything. meant in this context though, because there, I have guests who say, well, of course this song's about this. And when I say this, oh, it I means see. this. All I'm getting at is you spoke about it a little more extemporaneously. Um, right. like you just spoke about it in a way that I think, was still a bit esoteric and yet it's compelling. Like I 
here that you're trying to convey, well, these words are about these feelings, not this line means this and I use this word. You know what I'm getting at? Like it's, it's I good. do. I, now I understand. Yeah. Yes, I do yeah. understand now. I don't, yeah. I actually, I, I don't even know if I could tell you in that way because I, I don't think literally. I think I just really don't. I think very abstractly. And I suppose the words, maybe they're not that abstract. No, but they but feel in, like they, they come from the same place that the that the music comes from. So it does. I, it's hard for me to separate, is what I'm trying to say. And and that's an interesting distinction you make because they are often as gauzy or distorted as any of the music is. And I feel like that gives it a, a textural aspect that needs to be delved into. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is like all of it needs to. I've been lucky in the last few days, in particular, that I've found the time to just sit and listen to this record um, and the new one, I mean, in particular. And it's just, I, I hear things because I actually sat down and listened to it. That's and nice. all I'm getting at at the end, if I may preach to people is sit down <laughs> or whatever and listen to it, give it a close listen. Cause the things that are coming to me and even to you, Jess, I can tell you're probably still like, yeah, what the hell is going on on this record? Uh, which I always find uh, fascinating from the the creator. Yeah, it's it's multi-layered and all those sorts of things. So that's all I'm getting at. It's that's another wonderful nice. another wonderful achievement, Jess. So congratulations Aww. on that. Thanks <laughs> now, for, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You're welcome. To it. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, you've alluded to touring. I think you've vaguely alluded to the fact that we haven't even heard everything that you recorded for these sessions, if you will. Mm. Uh this is normally the part of the show where I will ask someone about future plans whether they're writing new music now uh, since the release of whatever record we're talking about. That's where I'm coming from here because it sounds like you're sitting on a little pile of stuff that's unreleased. I don't know if, you know, we were just talking about new chapters, new ways of doing things. I wonder if you've already had a moment uh, or moments to actually pick up on that and say, yeah, I still feel jazzed about what I just did now that I'm done the record. I'm going to start writing. Are you writing? Are you working on a next record already? I am not letting myself. I, it's I'm very strict. I'm not even thinking about a next record because, as maybe I've been trying to explain, that the process of making a record is like it's it's almost violent to my life the way I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I am not at all letting myself do that, especially because to even think about that, I would need to clear time to play, and I don't have it right now. And if I have it, it's definitely about live. Um, but there is something really exciting and fascinating that's going on in my in the world of me, which is that I've received Canada Council grants for the first time in the last oh, little nice. while. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I've applied many times, but it's the first time I actually got one. But in, in many previous applications, the thing that I put in these grants that I most want is to work with somebody who knows what I'm doing because I don't. And who could like interpret it and actually put it on paper with actual notes? Because I felt like always the thing that would make me feel most excited was to have somebody who knows about music in that way listen to it and be like, oh, that's the first violin part and can actually write it. That's the second. Mm. This is where, like, I'm hearing French horns. This is where a French horn actually would go. And so the successful grant that I finally managed to get in was to work with somebody in this way. So oh. I have been working with um, a composer named Isaac Goldschneider from Montreal. And he has taken on this project of 
uh, interpreting some of this music into scores for the first time. And oh, amazing. Uh, it is, it's amazing. We have, <laughs> we set off, like in my mind, I thought it, I thought I was going to have like a literal translation of the songs. And in his mind, he was going to take a composer arranger approach. So actually, just to my right here, there's a stack of sc- scores, like actual scores. Wow. Um, and a lot of them are, are interpretive. So w- we've had some workshops. This is for like a 13-piece ensemble. Uh, and we've had some workshops where I'm like reading this score like, I, 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 I barely remember how to read music and I'm learning it at the same time and learning new things and feeling like a little destabilized, but also really excited about where this thing is going. <laughs> and, uh, part of what I dream of is that some of the pieces, like the contemplations from the Phosphines record and like some pieces could actually be played by other people. Wow. You know? That's, That's so great. Cool. I know. It's exciting. Yeah. It's like nascent and, Part of the grant, the completion of the grant is actually a live performance with this ensemble, which will happen. Oh. It was actually going to happen in October, but I couldn't. I, ha- I had to. I had to move it because I was too. Like October twenty twenty two. You mean? Yeah. Like so it this was month? actually yeah. going to oh, happen okay. October twenty seventh when I got oh, back okay. from this tour I'm about to go on. But in but we've moved it to the spring, so we'll have more okay. time to actually build it into something that makes sense, um, which is great. And, and these, uh, this is this is uh, notation, transcription, whatever. I'm I'm probably using the wrong terms, but this is of existing are. work mm-hmm. you've done, or is mm-hmm. it of new stuff you're working on? No, it's, this uh, is like oh, okay. the exciting thing was I wanted somebody to listen to these pieces of music that are on these records that don't exist anywhere except on these records because I don't write anything; I just do it all. I the most all recent I, two, do you mean the most recent two records? No, there's, or? he's actually he's he's brought the pieces whole, from okay. the whole. Yeah, there's like pieces from all five actually. Wow. Um, yeah, that's great. That's amazing. It's so cool. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's also terrifying and definitely like occupying my mind of how could I all of a sudden not be a band leader because I'm not leading it. He is, but I I mean, how can I actually? It's like it's the craziest feeling. I'll send now, you wait a minute. Stuff. Just just to yeah. add to this, would you play with these ensembles, or would you watch like your own music being played back to you? Well, for this particular part of the project, there will be a show in which I'm playing with this ensemble. Yes. Right. Okay. And then there's the secondary part of the dream, which is like I could go to a show where there would be. It's too crazy, but it's so exciting to think of. I think like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with classical music. It's kind of all I listened to, and. I've probably talked about this in previous conversations with you, but that was yeah. the plan for me. That was the plan my mom had for me. Is that I was going to be like a real violinist, and we tried, and I was like pretty good at the one part and really bad at the other part, and I just couldn't, I couldn't intake the theory. I couldn't do the rules part, uh, but like first with her playing it and also my grandparents playing like it's just classical music was everywhere and part of my childhood was you know something would come on the radio and my mom would be like what composer and I would know I would be able to distinguish right. and I had pieces that I listened to the same way kids listen to the bands they love I would listen to like Schubert Unfinished Symphony and just be like huh. so in my mind <laughs> I make classical music <laughs> Even though I don't Listen actually, you know? Yeah. No, you do. And you are a real violin player. I heard what you said there a few seconds ago. That's you know not what I right. Mean, you, yeah, I, I do know what you mean, but that's 
Again, I feel like you're in a breakthrough time where you're like, the things I make are legitimate. The experiments I do are legitimate. I'm not illegitimate. I'm a real musician. I, and I, I feel swear like, to God, I still, I even before this interview, I was like, I telling myself that this that that's the case because I don't have that internally built in. I definitely don't feel legitimate most of the time. And it's dumb, but I need a little bit of external reminding from anybody yes. to to say it's true uh, because I don't feel that way. I don't walk around feeling that way. I never feel that way. On stage, sometimes if I'm like, if I've caught an audience and we're together, then I feel like I'm a legitimate performer. But the rest of it, I, I feel the opposite. I feel impostery almost all the time. So that's why I have this dream of like actually somebody like, no, this is real music. <laughs> and I'm having that happen. Good. This year. It's I, kind of crazy. I, I appreciate that that's happening. It's well deserved. And I appreciate your humility if that's what it is. I feel like there's other stuff going it's on. Not, it's something else. Well, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Humility seems like that's something you do on purpose. No, no, not necessarily. Uh, but I, no, I know what you mean. I, I think there's a lot going on here. And uh, I'm not professional enough to unpack it all uh well me neither skilled (laughs) enough but i feel like i think (laughs) in the in the context of this conversation some stuff has been swimming around that speaks to what you're talking about and all i'm getting at is we'll leave the swimming i I think it's healthy that you're like fuck it i'm just going to try things and who cares and untrained trained whatever those things mean we come from punk so this is what we're supposed to be doing you're doing the right things is all i'm getting at and it sounds amazing (laughs) and i think some people would be astonished to know some of the things you've been saying today about your um, (laughs) knowledge of classical music theory and whatnot like or music theory i mean um because it doesn't it's never occurred to me until you you say these things anyway i know that uh people can learn more about these two albums at uh, cstrecords.com uh they can ask their local record stores to get them i'm guessing as usual um if those record stores still exist i hope they do uh if people want and they can follow constellation on all their socials and things like that if people want to keep track of you specifically jess where would you like to send them uh to my living room (laughs) come have a coffee just kidding (laughs) um I, I'm kidding also because I never hang out with anyone because I just work too much. Yes. Um, but I mean, I like, I'm a, I have, I'm on social media like everybody else. In fact, I actually have a beautiful, lovely, incredible person helping me with social media specifically oh. because this is one of these efforts I'm making into actually believing in being a real entity. Uh, and part of the result of getting grants for the first time is I can afford to do this a little bit. Um, so I have this. Uh, other musician who we also share this, her name is Eve Parker Finley, and she's actually like helping me use this tool that I've been so intimidated by and so horrified by in some ways, even though we're all there and we all, you know. Um, so you can totally follow me on Instagram, <laughs> for example. <laughs> but I also have a website, like a classic website. Yeah. And what's that? What's the handle or the address, rather? JessicaMoss.net. .net. Okay, JessicaMoss.net. Again, I'll link to, I say again, because I say this at the end of every show, not to you, Jess, but I'll link to all these things uh, in the podcast description so people can click on them and be taken to the worlds, different worlds of Jessica Moss. So that's uh, that's all well and good. If we can go out on a piece, a song, rather, from uh, this new record, uh, can you pick one for us, Jess, and, and let us know why you chose it? 
I was I just shook my head like no I can't please pick for me please but <laughs> but actually we d- talked a lot about Jim and Terry and that song that that uh, the communion that happened in an alternate universe and so it might be it would be nice to hear those beautiful players and so then we could do uncanny being uncanny um, being is one way to do things and I agree with everything you've just said okay so if I have the proper title correct it is uncanny being, and then in parentheses, violin study number two. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is from the lovely new album Galaxy Heart by Jessica Moss, available uh, on Constellation Records in the early part of October 2022. Jess, this was a, really a, a fun chat for me. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope we speak again, and best luck in the future. Thank you. I I uh, I don't know. I hope everyone tells you this, but... Um, we really appreciate you out here for oh. real. Like I've been, I had an occasion to mention to a couple of people that I was coming to talk to you today and just to say that it's really valuable and it's really amazing to know that there's, that there's an interview out there that can feel the opposite of destabilizing, can feel like we're growing together. Like we've been doing this for so long in this weird country that we both live in. And the fact that you are persistently interested is, kind of a miracle so thank you really for being for keeping going that is uh very sweet i thank you i'm going to cry so i'm going to wrap this up uh, a little <laughs> bit no i'm not going to cry but no thank you that means a lot jess i love you very much thank you for this chat love you and too. Okay. okay talk soon i hope talk soon ciao
This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Always lovely to speak with Jessica Moss. Thank you, Jessica, for appearing on this the 723rd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever podcasts are, for the most part. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and you're looking for it on your favorite podcast platform and it's not there for some reason, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, visit vishkana.com and you will learn how to do all of those things. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at Vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. I added more S's to the word sustain, like a snake, but I'm not a snake. Not at all. Six dollars or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. Uh, that you can't get anywhere else. Some of that is derived from these interviews I do with people now. Some of it comes from my audio archives, things I have not really shared with anyone in some time, or if sometimes never ever before. So if you're interested in any of those things and receiving a Creative Control t-shirt maybe, just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. Again, patreon.com slash Control support this show that is the primary source of revenue it's modest but it's something and i appreciate it thank you so much speaking of thanks thanks again to the excellent alberta record store blackbird music locations in edmonton and calgary alberta and you can learn more about them at blackbird.ca also want to thank pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph ontario and granddad's donuts in hamilton ontario for their in-kind support for this show Special shout out to my friend uh, Jim Guthrie who uh, is going through a bit of a tough time and I love him so much. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for uh, being my friend and supporting this show with some music. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jess. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you check out Jessica Moss's music if you haven't already, uh, particularly this new record, Galaxy Heart. It's wonderful. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do that, to follow it or subscribe and uh, spread the word about it. Talk about the show. That stuff kind of helps. Just keep the show in, uh, you know, in conversation. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm a little tired. Anyway, speaking of that, I'm going to go to bed, I think, pretty much. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you. I hope you're well and I hope you'll come back to the show and I will talk to you again this way. 
Okay. Thank you. Bye for now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.